Hey guys, welcome back to Roundtable Rundown. I'm Gideon Hyman here with Alex Hyman and Will Mallory. Welcome back. We hope that you've enjoyed the last game of the NFL season as the Super Bowl is now way behind us and we approach the new season of sports with March Madness coming up, the NBA heading past All-Star Weekend, and plenty of trade deadline information to talk about. So this week we're going to start off by talking about what happened this week in the NFL. A ton of craziness, including Joe Flacco going to the Broncos, Kareem Hunt getting signed by the Browns. Then we're going to transition to some NBA All-Star Weekend madness. And then we're going to do a little college basketball preview, talking about what we look forward to seeing as March approaches. Will, why don't we start off with your team, the Denver Broncos. What went down, and what do you think about it? You know, so I'll just say this. like I, I'm... I'm happy about it, but not too happy. Like I think it's I think it's okay. It's interesting. So let's talk about what actually happened. Yeah. First, okay. Right? So 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 basically, Flacco was traded to the Broncos um, for a fourth round pick. Their right. second of they had two fourth round picks, um, and so one of them was given up for Flacco. Um, and so it's honestly like the the numbers there like that's a fine trade. Like I'm fine with giving up a fourth round pick right. as a Broncos fan. I'm just a little worried, especially when you have Case Keenum there, who's 30. Um, and yes, he didn't have a great year. I thought he was fine, but he didn't have a great year. Obviously, we needed a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. But then you replace it with someone like Joe Flacco, who's 34. He's older. Right. And uh, he actually got benched last year. And he got, he's coming off an injury. Um, and so, yes, I was skeptical at first. I don't think he's at all a long-term answer. And I, and I also don't think John Elway thinks that as well. Um, but then I looked at the other the other half of it. And I was saying, one, I think he's guaranteed to be an upgrade over Keenum. Whether it's a big upgrade or not, I don't really know. But I think it's definitely an upgrade. And two, I think this guy's going to play on a, with a chip on his shoulder now. He just got benched for a young Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to go prove that he can still play. He, he actually has the most passing yards, most passing touchdowns, and I think most passing attempts out of any quarterback who has never made the Pro Bowl. Right. Interesting. So, so that just like shows, you know, that he's he's still he's still a good player. And he he just is a to... Super Bowl MVP. So right. I agree that there's going to be a huge chip on his shoulder. One, as you said, he got beat out by Lamar Jackson, uh, rookie. Two, I think the Broncos are still probably going to draft a quarterback. We can get into that a little bit later. So that's going to create another chip. But I don't think it's a guarantee that he's better than Keenum just because, I don't know if you saw the statistics, he's literally almost exactly the same quarterback on paper as Case Keenum was. And we can, you know, make any excuse we want saying, oh, you know, he's a Super Bowl MVP as he experienced. But But that was a long time ago. Break down the numbers, they're very similar. So I think, I agree with you, Joe Flacco's got a lot left in him, and I think he's going to be very hungry for success. Well, let's slow down saying he has a lot left in him. I don't know if he has a lot left in him, but he has something there. I don't think it's going to be horrible. I think it's all going to be dependent on the system, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback's well, coach. Uh, well, I'll tell you this, too, though. They, I know the numbers might be very, very similar, right. but the game styles between the two quarterbacks are very, very different. Sure. And I think that maybe Joe Flacco's play might start to fit the Broncos a little bit more, um, especially with the, the new offense that they're running under new uh, offensive coordinator, Rich San- Scandarello, I think, from the, from the 49ers. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, Flacco, the, the rumor is that uh, new head coach Vic Fangio um, was interested in Flacco in his time in Baltimore. Um, and then also uh, Gary Kubiak, who was rumored to be a part of that whole executive area office, whatever Front you office, call it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was also interested in, mm. in him. And so I think so that's, that's what contributed to it. Again, I'm, I'm happy. I think that we have a starting quarterback now. Um, but then again, is it really worth... 
um, the extra money to just to do that, right. in, even if you are going to take right. a quarterback this year. And the one thing I'm worried about is that Elway is trying to repeat a success that he got with Peyton Manning and right. finding this established quarterback. Obviously, Joe Flacco doesn't hold a candle to Peyton Manning. So then the question but, becomes, um, do we think that the Broncos should draft a quarterback this absolutely. year? Absolutely. If they get if they get a chance at um, now, I think they're going to draft a quarterback with their first-round pick, which I don't think is a good idea. But knowing John Elway, I think what he will. What pick do they have, Will? Ten. So I I have I think they get Drew Locke at 10. Um, and I think that Joe Flacco is good for them in the sense that he can be a bridge quarterback for them. Um, just but but here's, the, here's the thing. Joe Flacco, yes, he's a good veteran leader, but he's, he's going to be new to the system too. Why would you waste extra money bringing in a veteran, veteran quarterback exactly right. um, and then just have him like, train no the other guy when he's not actually like – like right. Right, you know, knows the system. Right. It just doesn't make much sense to me. You're exactly right. And so I think they're actually looking for him to be a solid starter for the year and maybe just wait until the next couple of years when the better quarterbacks I come. completely agree. So here's here's my take. I firmly believe that there's no established number one quarterback in this year's draft class. And I think that Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray are the upper tier. And I think Drew Locke is somewhat there. He's getting a little overhyped, just in my opinion. And I think that, to be honest with you, this is one of the more weaker offensive draft classes that we've seen in a long time, right? It's a very defensive, dominant mm-hmm. draft class. And so if I was the Broncos, like Will said, this is not a bridge quarterback scenario. This is, you know, a one year at least, see what happens. And this is a completely new system for him. He has to. He's pretty much a rookie on the Broncos now, too. So I'd wait until the year afterwards where you can get a shot at Trevor Lawrence or... Tua or all these amazing quarterback talents because to be honest with you, let's say that they do take a quarterback this year and Elway's not the best talent evaluator for quarterbacks oh, in the past. Seriously. If we look at the history, Paxton Lynch or Brock Osweiler, we can you know I'm sure Will could list off all of them. Yeah, but it's I don't think it's worth it. The one last thing I think I'll say about this before we move on, um, I think that this situation is an interesting one for Elway because at this point. After I've been saying it for years, but at this point, everyone's starting to realize that mm-hmm. he is not nearly the GM that he was a player. Right. Um, and and he's clearly going to be on the hot seat coming mm-hmm. up soon if he can't figure things out. Mm-hmm. And so I think he also knows that. Yes, he's a cocky. Yes, he's he's full of himself. But yeah, because yes, he was great. But um, this is his last chance. He knows that this is his last chance. Right. And so I think. I think if this was going to be too much of a gamble and he mm. was he was really worried about it, he wouldn't have gone for it. He must have been really confident in what uh in what Joe has and mm. and what this offense has for him because otherwise he he's a goner. So I, I think that gives me a little bit of confidence yeah. Um, yeah. in that maybe maybe he knows what he's doing one last time. I'll give him this one last chance. Well, one thing I am worried about with the Broncos is that they fall into that trap of mediocrity. Um I don't think that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender next year obviously. And if they want to draft that next great quarterback, whether it's Tua or Justin Herbert or whoever it is, if they're mediocre, just mediocre with Joe Flacco, they have the 15th pick. And they can't necessarily get that guy who right. is that generational talent, yep. you know? Yep, you're right. So. I, I just think we have to see how it goes with the new coaching staff, too. Because last, right. year, last year was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen by mm. Vance Joseph. So, so <laughs> speaking of mediocrity, yep. the Cleveland Browns picked up Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. former... Kansas running City back Chief. of the Chiefs. I mean, this is a really ballsy move by John Dorsey and the the Browns. What do you guys think about it? Um, I don't like it at all. I don't care how much talent this guy has. Um, if he, I mean, we know he committed the things that he did with the domestic abuse. And I mean, yeah, there's a video. There's of obviously him videos of it. His girlfriend. He's obviously come out and say other. he did it, and 
he does not belong in the NFL. I don't. He is definitely one of the most talented running backs in the league. But um, once again, the NFL shows and proves to you that although they say they're changing, although though they say that they're becoming more progressive, um, they don't care. And and I don't like that. And I don't think he should be having a job right now in the league. Yeah, I honestly think this is a really classless move by the Cleveland Browns. I think that it's a Redskins move, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think that it was just. Honestly, I get it. You want to get a better player. You want to you want to get better. But you have but this, Nick okay. Chubb, who's a solid yeah, running that's back. That's one thing. First of all, you have Nick Chubb, who is blossomed into a, a very yeah. good starting running back. And honestly, I thought they were kind of be hundred percent set with him for this year. Um, and then you go out and take Kareem Hunt, and not only does this cause a lot of controversy in the league, it mm-hmm. also causes a lot of controversy in the locker room. I'm exactly, sure, right? because this is this is like. I, maybe maybe that they'll be maybe everyone will come together. We'll see and unite with him or whatever. But I think what this does is actually just bring a lot of strife into the locker room and be like, okay, he just walks in here and he gets a starting job after all of that. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And with what such this, young guys in that locker room, it, it can right. be really especially, dangerous. Especially when they're establishing a new culture with a new head coach. Right. right? Don't forget and a new Freddie, quarterback. This is no Baker Mayfield was there last year. This is Freddie. This Kitchen. is his second year though. This is Freddie, Freddie Kitchen's yeah. first year as a head coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Establishing a new culture. If we look at Sean McVay, he was able to take on an Adamican suit, Dante Fowler, all these huge Marcus Peters, all these huge personalities onto the Rams because he had one full year to establish this culture that goes against all these uh, horrible morals, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Freddie Kitchens hasn't even had a team meeting yet with the Browns to even introduce himself to the team. Right. So there's no chance to establish, you know, a set list of values and really create that culture and it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's right. going exactly against what a team should should value. See, I'm I'm just I'm worried about the Browns. I think they're I think uh, they're they're young and mm-hmm. they're not treating it the right way. Like knowing if they're young, that doesn't make any sense. But basically, what I'm saying is, pretty much they're they're using their talent against them. What they're what they're doing is bringing all this talent. It took them a long time to rebuild. We all know a that long yeah. a very long time. Um, and what they're doing is bringing all this young talent and then. I love the energy and the in the attitude, but mm-hmm. and but sometimes it's just too much. And when you start to mm-hmm. pack all these young guys into a room together, you got Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield and and Kareem Hunt, and it's it's just a yeah. lot of ego all at once. And yes, you might be able to flash some plays during the regular season mm-hmm. that like no other team can replicate, but you're not going to end up being Tom Brady and all those classy guys who know yeah. how to march down the field and win no. football games because these is just everyone's going to want to win for themselves. It's right. just I I don't I just don't see the Cleveland Browns succeeding and after all of these years of them rebuilding, I really hate to see them screwed up like this. And yeah. I think that this this Kareem Hunt signing was the first step in that process. And one thing that I'm really scared of um just going into this year is that the head coach obviously had to sign off on this signing. Um the GM John Dorsey obviously approached him and said, "Can you handle him?" And well, the head coach was I'm like, just going to okay. stop you right there. That's not necessarily true. So a lot of head coaches and uh, GMs may have that that uh, dynamic, but mm-hmm. because Freddie Kitchens was hired by John Dorsey, they, that may not be the case. John Dorsey probably has uh, Freddie Kitchens reporting directly to him, so he may not be able uh, to, to do mm-hmm. that. So, um, Well, I'm just saying John Dorsey wouldn't have signed him without Freddie Kitchens yeah, knowing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know? Right. And so – it's scary to me that someone who's a, the head coach can okay a player like this, knowing what it can do to a roster like Will said of such young, talented players. Right. So, speaking of young talent, we got the Rising Stars Challenge coming up in the All Star Game. No Lonzo Ball because he's out, mm-hmm. but a few other young Lakers who may have been Pelicans at this time. We all thought are going to be competing in the Rising Stars Challenge. 
But the Rising Stars Challenge is not going to be the headlining of the All-Star Game. Obviously, it's going to be the actual game itself. Team LeBron going up against Team Giannis. What do you guys think? What are you looking forward to going into All-Star Weekend? So I watched the All-Star Draft live. I don't know if any of you guys did. Um, <laughs> but if you did, I thought it was a great a great moment. It was the, obviously the first televised draft in All-Star Game history, last year being the first draft ever in the All-Star Game. Um, I loved it. I loved being able to hear what the best players in the world are thinking about, how the um, politics of it go, the dynamic of all of it. It's a cool idea. And I think it was a really, really cool idea. And I'm really excited. I think LeBron drafted a much better team than Giannis. Giannis obviously went for the world team, whereas LeBron went for the free agent team. Yep. And um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really great game, and it's always fun to watch the best players in the world. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think that, I think that the all-star, the television format of all of that was actually really well done and i also think that um it was a great job on espn's behalf of able to you know set that up because <laughs> i'm sure that definitely generated mm-hmm. a lot of money it was tnt but it was tnt, yeah. it was yeah. TNT? Yeah. oh wow okay Very so that, smart. yeah good job by them um but in the actual game itself, I I have trouble seeing how LeBron's going to lose this game. I mean, mm. that being said, you really have no idea what's going to happen here. Yeah. It's whoever His has team the hot is hands. So stacked, but yeah. he really really stacked everyone. And then going going KD first, and then who did he grab second? Was it uh, Kyrie? Kyrie, and and then to still have Kawhi on and the board James after Harden, that, and James Harden, come on, mm-hmm. Giannis, what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, listen, um, at the end of the day, it's all for fun. It doesn't mean yeah, anything, right, right? But it's interesting to see the politics of how this will all lay out, right? Right. Um, so that's, you know, what you just said. It doesn't mean anything. That's what frustrates me a little bit because I love when an All-Star game has purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, you don't want the players to get hurt during All-Star weekend or whatever. But they don't play any defense, and it's kind of upsetting. And there's always these super high-scoring games, 150 to 175. Yeah, but that's what people want to see. And that's people want to see, see that. But at the same time, people want to see – I mean, imagine if you saw, like, a playoff-level game – uh, you know, essentially like a Warriors like a, against the Cavs level yep. talent. I mean, Warriors are an all-star team already, so um, I don't know. It depends. Yeah, but across yep. all – I mean, you can even see it across other professional leagues. Baseball used to have yep. it where the winner of the all-star game would be the home team is that, for that the still World the Series. Is still the thing. Yeah, it's not it's anymore. Not it's the sure. team with the best record in the league. Is has When the, did they change that? that they was changed like that two, two years ago. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And recent, um, yeah. so, yeah, you see all these major leagues – going away from that because they really want the players to have a rest, to be able to um, just enjoy their time at the All-Star game. And if you have these um, preconceived motives, so to speak, for um, later down the road, you're not really having to be able – you're not able to have fun with your family, with your kids, whatever whatever it is. So, so speaking of having fun with your family, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> – got the charity picks, and they made the All-Star game in both their last seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I can't wait to see LeBron and Dwayne Wade playing on the same one team last again time. for one last time. Mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki competing in the three-point contest is going to be really entertaining, I think. Um, it should be a really good All-Star weekend. Who do you guys think is uh, going to come out on top of the three-point contest? All right. Well, the three-point contest is interesting. You've got... Um, Curry, Buddy Heels, Devin Booker, Seth Curry, Damian Lillard, Joe Harris, Kemba Walker, Danny Green, Dirk, a lot of people. and Chris Middleton. That's mm-hmm. a ton of people. Um, and honestly, I guess it's hard to go against Steph. But, you know, no one really – like, this is this is kind of just a crapshoot. All these right. guys are great three-point yeah. shooters. I'm going to go with Damian Lillard here. I think he's mm. been playing really well recently. And I've, and it's he's, game time. Yeah, he's been able to hit the three ball. And so I, I'll go with him on that one, but – 
I don't really know. I'm going to go kind of <laughs> sleeper here. I think Dirk might come out on top no, here. No, really? Based on the fact it's his last three-point contest, his last All-Star game, his last ride. I think he's going to be highly motivated. He's going to have a great time. Um, and he's going to be loose. All these other guys, might, it might be the first time in the three-point contest, first time, whatever. Um, I'm going Quick super hot take, sleeper. Dirk. I'm going super sleeper, Seth Curry. Wow. Mm. I think... It's about that time. It's about time for the other brother to get a little sunshine and get the spotlight. Um, he, I watched the game last night. You know, Trailblazers against the Warriors. He, he's a real player. Oh, he can snipe. He, he's a shooter, and um, he constantly gets the back seat because he's Del Curry's son and Steph Curry's brother. But people forget he's a real, a real ball player. So I'd love to see him beat his brother and finally get a moment of fame. Um, but look, let's take a little look at the real All-Star game where we're finally going to see LeBron playing with Anthony, da- Anthony Davis on the same team, mm-hmm. even though it's not in a Lakers uniform like we may have thought. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Here's the bottom line, right? Like you guys talked about before, LeBron picked a lot of free agents, who are gonna, people who are going to be free agents this summer for his team, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, I think we all know this. LeBron's probably testing it out, testing the waters. How do I play with Durant? How do I play with Kyrie, even though he knows the answers? Yeah, to and he's trying, to, he's trying to say, like, look how great it is to play with me. Come right. and be in Los Angeles. Right. Look, I, I don't know about that. To be honest, I think he was just going with the guys he liked and the best player available. I, I don't think he was actually really thinking it through, like, oh, his contract no, expiring. he is soon, 100% like, thinking it through. LeBron no, is, no, I don't. He Kawhi absolutely Leonard. is. Kawhi Leonard was definitely strategic. You see, okay, what? but okay, but literally, I if I was given the exact same order and the mm-hmm. exact same way that it fell, I probably would have picked those around absolutely, the same guys, except for but maybe yeah. Kyrie in that order, maybe Listen, after right. Kawhi. But he, like, the, it's it's just the best guys available. Absolutely, I, I thought it was that instead of just it's actual. absolutely the best guys available. But there's definitely, I mean, he's not he's not stupid. He's going to realize, yes, these guys are free agents. Let's show him what it's like to play with LeBron. And obviously, he he is one of the smartest basketball players of all time. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he, even Giannis said. Isn't that tampering? And LeBron said, there's no tampering in All-Star Weekend. <laughs> so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I guess the real question is, is LeBron really on the uh, – is he, is he still going? Because obviously we Lakers he not is, looking and, too but the hot. Lakers are not looking not hot looking at good. all. And so uh, we'll see if they can pick that up after the break. Right. But moving on to the younger version of all of this in uh, college basketball, March Madness is on its way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about a month away now, Selection Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited. It'll be fun. Uh, Duke has been playing great basketball. Tennessee's Tennessee come out of is nowhere. number one. Unbelievable. But then again, I actually looked at their like at their record and 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 the teams that they've played, and it They're hasn't not, necessarily right. been because in the SEC, like you're not going to get like some of the top right. schools that you're playing against, like the Big Ten mm-hmm. or the ACC, and so. I don't really know like where they fall, but de- they're definitely a very strong team. But yeah. who do you guys think maybe maybe a sleeper and a and a and a favorite for you guys? I really like Louisville, and although they blew a twenty three point lead to Duke the other night, they were on top of their game before uh, Duke came back. So obviously, uh, Duke is I think probably one of the best teams in college basketball right now, without a doubt, maybe the number one. Um, and that comeback really you know dignifies and solidifies how good of a team they are, but um, I was impressed by Louisville. If they can find a way to reduce their turnovers, I think they're going to be a team to beat, especially coming out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, obviously, my favorite to win it all is Duke. Um, their talent is just unmatched. But someone I think is not, who's not getting enough um, praise is Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. After their first major loss to Duke, they've been playing really well. I think they're on like an eight-game win streak right now, um, and they're just ripping wins off. Um, Coach Cal has them looking really, really good. And I think they're going to go pretty far in the tournament. Um, but you can't beat Duke, Cam, 
Zion, RJ, right. Trey Jones. I right. mean, and Coach K, who's the brain of it of it all. You're right. Um, so yeah, I I actually still really like UCLA. UCLA is oh. <laughs> <laughs> a whole different story. <laughs> um, but UVA is actually, been, in my opinion, still been playing really good basketball. Absolutely, they had two losses to Duke this year. But I'll tell you this: most recent one, although Duke looked like they handled them the whole time, and it was they ended up winning by like ten or something like that. Right. Duke was thirteen for twenty one from three pointers. Like that is on that is really really good three point shooting yeah. right there, and that's not going to happen on any given day. Like I think there was definitely a little bit of uh, of luck or some or just really good shooting that day. They were which just not going to happen day. all the time, yeah. and so I think that um, it's not one hundred percent. As Baker says, they that. woke up feeling dangerous that right, morning. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that I think that UVA could be a threat down late in March. So. So I follow UMBC on Twitter, and I've been following their basketball team. No I'm way. just saying, are they still keep good? an they eye good? on UMBC. You know, you never know. They're probably going to make the tournament again, yeah. and uh, we'll see what happens. See, that's another thing. UVA might be a little pumped up because of because their, last year that, that was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. So, so just before we end, um, before we end, Harvard Westlake right now, Harvard Westlake basketball is in the CIF tournament right now, and at the moment that we are recording, they are playing Brentwood to move on. For a Valentine's um, Day for special. A Valentine, exactly, Valentine's Day special. Um, unfortunately, girls' basketball lost yesterday, so they're out of the tournament. Um, baseball started over the weekend. That's very exciting. They're one of the best teams on campus. Lacrosse starts in two weeks. Volleyball has their first game on Tuesday. That's right. And um, the spring sports are getting up and running, so it should be exciting. That's all we've got for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully next week we'll have some amazing and exciting interviews for you and some more content. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.